Fabulous podcast. Pop it up on your feet, yeah. Welcome back to the Populous Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. Is that right, Craig? Is that right? Sounds right, yeah. Okay. If it's not, well then, you know, whatever. But welcome to the Season 2, Episode 4 podcast featuring uh, Richard Lenfelner. Is that how I say it? Or is it Lenfelner? It's Lenfelner. Oh, I was close. Ah, there you go. That's not bad for an American, uh, Richard. Trust me. So um, uh, we're going to introduce Richard a little bit here. Um, Bacon actually is our uh, guest on the podcast as Hello. well, except he is a guest interviewer. Uh, Bacon did all of the work getting Richard uh, to come <laughs> on to this podcast. He did the initial uh, contacting. He did some back and forth with Richard, and I merely just uh, finished up. A pretty face. Giving- uh, I'm a pretty, I'm a second pretty face, but I also did message Richard a little bit just to set up a time, but Bacon did all the work. So we wanted to have him on to, you know, uh, give a couple of questions to Richard, make sure Craig and I stay on track, you know, cause you know, Craig and I sometimes go off topic. All right, Craig. Hey, oh, me, me. <laughs> hey, we we'll keep it smooth. All right, right. I'll just blame myself. But anyway, uh, it's, it's a pleasure having you here, Richard. Uh, so a little bit, a little bit about Craig and I, um, I mean, for me personally, I'm 32 years old. I've been playing this game since I was 12. Uh, 12, wow. yeah. Uh, back in 1998, my dad got it for me as a present uh, for my birthday, and I played single player for about two years. And then after that, um, I found out about multiplayer around the year 2000. I was playing Dungeon Keeper 2 for a while online because I didn't know Populous had multiplayer. Um, the rest is kind of history. I've been in the community online for the last almost 20 years now, and uh, it's changed my life for the better. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really have a good uh, growing up experience, so it was a nice escape to uh, be able to hang out. Uh, Craig became one of my best friends. I went to his wedding. Um, you know, uh, Craig played too, so it it definitely is a it's a family. Um, sometimes Craig and I mention it's a dysfunctional family because online communities, you know, they're well dysfunctional. <laughs> but uh, you know, that was all made possible through the efforts of you and Bullfrog and other great people on that team. So I want to thank, well, thank you for you. that. That's brilliant. And, yeah, it's it's wonderful. It changed my life for the better. And um, did you play the P? Did you play the PC version? I played the PC version exclusively. I didn't have the PS1 version, but I think Craig mm. played it. So. Um, yeah. Craig, I, see, I can away. see it. In, I can see it in the background. You've got a PS1 version, right? In the background. I do. Yes. Um, I buy on my shelf. Same one. Same I can one. see. It, yeah. What's that in the middle and on the top left? Yeah. Well, the the, uh, the middle one is my plaque for everyone on the team gets a plaque when they finish a game. So we all have plaques, uh. individual individual plaques, uh, for being on the team. So um, very cool. And then that's normally just a shipped copy that's sort of mounted. Ah, uh, right. There's a, there's a community member called Tatey Mini who seems to get all of these collectibles. So I wonder if he's managed to pick one of those as well by someone trying to get rid of yeah, one. Yeah, I, I used to, I used to have literally one for every game I made, but I think I must have had a clear a while back. I've me, I seem to be missing a load suddenly. There must be a loft somewhere, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, thirty two as well. I uh, I've actually got the I played the PlayStation One version first, Richard. Um, and did you? Were you as, as hands-on with that development as you were with the yeah, PC? Yeah, I mean, that, that was handled externally, but I, I, I managed a developer who did it. Um, oh, brilliant. We didn't, we didn't do console internally then, so we, we just did uh, PC internally. Okay. Um, so we had uh, Climax did, actually. Climax in uh, Climax is a developer in Ferrum, just been bought by Keywords, I think. 
All right, okay. Sorry. And in fact, the guy who, the guy, one of the guys who was running that team is still one of my friends. So you can see how incestuous this business is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my, my cousin actually won, won the game on a PlayStation magazine, if you yeah. go, go that far back. And I played, I played that and helped him beat level five or so. And then eventually, a couple of years later, I got the PC version, played online. Yeah. Um, Yes, involved in the online community a lot, but the biggest factor for me, Richard, is that I met my wife playing Populous. Uh, oh my she's, God. she's from Argentina. It's incredible. That's who's made the dolls behind me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a five and a half year old daughter as well. And we've we've recently moved to the UK, so this whole my whole life has been shaped by Populous. The beginning. Are, are you dressing up as a shaman? <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. So well, well, it's Halloween. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> We we did it to my daughter once. We put a we we me, my wife wear the um like the blue mask headdress over oh, the top. I meant I meant your daughter. Yeah, I thought I thought it'd be yeah so yeah yeah. Cool. She's I'd she's going out and doing all the magic. <laughs> That's an idea for the future. Daddy, yeah, once, Daddy, once I've co- made a mountain. Yeah, once, like... once COVID's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's a, that's essentially the biggest impact that Poppers had on my life. Richard, just it's it's changed my entire life. So yeah, that's excellent. So uh, I was going to say the um, uh, I obviously have the question here, but um, you know I'm kind of uh, uh, happy to sort of digress from the questions as well if if something takes your fancy. Awesome. Um, I think one of the um, uh, one of the things I sort of say say right up front is um, that I wasn't there when Populous Three was started. Uh, it was uh, like so many of the uh, Bullfrog projects uh, in the Peter post Peter Molyneux era. Um, were uh, essentially um, going nowhere. Uh, so they were, they were kind of stalled, most of them. Um, and uh, so I, I sort of actually, I, I joined Electronic Arts, not to join Bullfrog, I actually joined Electronic Arts to run external development. So um, I think Bullfrog were working on something like 10 new ideas. And out of two of those ideas actually had progressed somewhat. One of them was Dungeon Keeper 2, and the other one was hey. Populous 3. And actually, Dungeon Keeper 2, if you want to speak to Colin, I know Colin still very well, who did, who's the producer on that, um, oh. exec producer. So he's a good guy. Um, so, so, so really, did, 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 I sort of dropped into Populous 3 when it already had quite a troubled history in that uh, like a lot of projects, there was lots of cool tech, but there was no sort of people didn't quite know how to make a game out of the cool tech. Um, so the concept and the idea were there, but people were really kind of struggling how to take that concept and make it into what we know today. Well, what we had is we had a very cool terrain engine, um, which is the the morphing terrain, you know, which basically allows you to transform the planet. Um, so we had that up and running, and we had the characters running over it. So the, the team had a fairly good idea. The game was about terraforming, but there was no sort of idea about how the game would actually play. Mm. Um, so it was just it's kind of uh, yeah, like a lot of games, just sort of this tech demo, and then you sort of try and figure, especially in those days. Um, so so we had a really cool technology, and actually, uh, here here's a little uh, here's a little insider knowledge. Do you, you know the sphere? It's a torus. It's that, actually a torus, right? Because yeah. you can't actually render sphere. It's too slow. So what what Glenn and Alan came up with is is basically making a torus look like a sphere. Uh, and you actually notice it. It's kind of a deformed sphere. And if you actually go to the North Pole, it actually realizes it's actually a torus. So we just made sure the North Pole is always in the sea. 
so he couldn't actually see the kind uh, of the hole in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Yeah, there was actually, actually, um, Richard. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Craig. It's just I came across a YouTube video a few months ago of someone who actually made a six-minute video just dis- discussing the Taurus of Populous at the beginning, yeah. which I thought, it only had about 60, 70 views, but I thought it was, it was interesting that someone yeah, had uh, it, made it, that video. It was, it was incredible. I mean, we had some really, I mean, Glenn and Alan, Alan Wright, I mean, Glenn Corpus, who was the original program on Populous, uh, just one of the, some of the most amazing coders you've ever met. You know, they could, they could literally get stuff going that you just sort of think is impossible. Speaking of impossible, that's actually a great segue into something I wanted to kind of uh, tell you about. Uh, you know, Populous, the beginning, we're going to be talking about single player. We're going to be talking about um, the PS version, the PC version, um, also multiplayer. But one of the coolest things I'm not sure you're aware of yet, Richard, is that uh, we have some coders and programmers that have kind of worked on Populous since everyone kind of disappeared. And we now have eight player capability in Populous, wow. beginning multiplayer. I've, so the sphere. Awesome. Yeah, yeah the, the sphere slash Taurus is it's still very small. So you've got eight people on a world where yeah. the next big thing we're trying to figure out is how to make that world bigger so that yeah. you can actually, you know, make because I think it's a standard size for the world for every yeah. map. So um, some some of the maps work really well for eight players. But then there's ones where you think if we could make this world just a teeny bit bigger, that would yeah. be pretty incredible. But yeah, uh, a lot of things have changed in the populist I actually, community. I was actually pulled in to play a game of Populous 3 about this time last year. Uh, with really? With somebody running a community server, and they pulled a bunch of the old people, old devs in, and we played the game. I think Glenn was on it as well. Nice. And I got absolutely annihilated. I got totally beaten. You know, they played with me for a bit, and they just annihilated me. So I couldn't remember any of the spells. I couldn't remember any of the moves, and they knew exactly where everything was. And it's just yeah, yeah. it's quite fun to watch. I think you were there for the um, 20th anniversary 20th two years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. That was amazing. I couldn't believe it worked, actually. I, I couldn't believe it still worked on today's PCs. That was just a real sort of It stands the test of time, moment. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Apple could learn a lesson that if we can make poppers work, why can't old phones work? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you those old phones do work, Richard, but it's they about do work. the... It's uh... just, it's just, <laughs> Tim, needs a new, Tim needs a new car or something. <laughs> anyway. The, the version Keith's discussing is um, it's it's from a, a build, a previous build that's about eighty percent complete, I'm told, and yeah. so it's been built from there into what it is now. So we've now got the original version plus this now what's called one point five version, with which that's has cool. been programmed with Lua. If you're yeah, yeah Lua. I, I'm yeah. aware of Lua. I've never never used it. Um, yeah, so so I, 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 it was it was really so so I ended up um, I ended up kind of. I think volunteering is probably the best word to take over Populous 3 because it just wasn't going to ship. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, the Bullfrog at that point was kind of in trouble, really, mm. uh, because um, you know, the, the people who sold Bullfrog to EA promised them all, all these games coming out, and then you know, they just games didn't appear. And whilst, whilst you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say bad things about EA, EA had a tremendous amount of patience, you know. <laughs> Um, and then after a while, it was just like, well, are these games ever going to ship? Because they're like, some of them were like two or three years behind schedule. Uh, so I kind of moved over from EA uh, and I had to actually physically join Bullfrog to be allowed on their floor. And it was like run like a separate company within the company. Right. I had to get a different payroll ID and my payday changed. It was just the most bizarre thing, although it was owned by EA. But then I, I was allowed on the Bullfrog floor and I took over Populous 3 about a year before it shipped, actually. Um, so, so I kind of I got it ready for E3. So the, the stuff you saw at E3, that's that's the work we did in the last sort of year or so. 
I think Bacon's got some really interesting questions about that specific stage of development. Yeah. If he wants yeah. to take it away, answer you some. Yeah. yeah. Take it away, Bacon. Give some. Yeah, uh, sure. So, yeah, I mean, we'll start with the first one if you want. So, is there anything in the pre production stage of the game where there's different? Differences regarding the style of the game between its early stages and the final version. So, like you said, really, the E397, we uh, we saw like uh, different type of looking buildings. Uh, there was walls, there was gates, and then in the final release, it was completely different. Yeah, it it it's it, it sort of uh, it was it started off being more like traditional populace, and I think we took right. a little bit more. We took a little bit more sort of Aztec, you know, and I thought we would make it a little bit more sort of cooler and older. Um, I think it was also uh, at that point it was a big down on sequels, so we thought let's make a prequel. So you know, <laughs> so kind of it's just like a sequel in reverse, you know. It was a brilliant uh, move. Yeah. So 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 really a lot of that came round to uh, the uh, wanting to have a, having a different look, really. And and we sort of started we started thinking about what the gameplay is going to be and what we what we can actually do with this. Um, and you know, one of the one of the key things is always like trying to stop feature creep. You know, to just like everyone has these pet features. So you asked me about pre-production. To be honest, when I when I started on Populous Three, pre-production was like three years ago. It it, it had been sort of in pre-production for a really long time wow. Wow. without without really you know with with it still really being a technology demo. Um, so 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 it wasn't it didn't sort of follow a typical cycle, especially nowadays where there's so much discipline in game making. But but that's where you that's where you're talking about how EA was very patient because something being in pre-production for three years, yeah, like it, you, it, you would think a company would just be like, it's it's done, we're done. Yeah, it's 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 it doing kind of I mean incredibly patient. Um, and uh, well, but God I, I suppose that. At, at, at some point you sort of have to make a decision. Um, and I think you know there was a. Also, the fact that we're working loads of startups, um, loads of like projects, which, to be honest, eight out of ten never saw the light of day, and you know the company kind of needed a commercial hit, really. So, um, so they asked me to. Well, I sort of volunteered actually to to move over and help manage this. But really, the expectation was to ship the game fairly, you know, ship the game within a reasonable time frame. Um, so, so, so it took over the engine, uh, and I think E3 was really E3 was. I mean, in its heyday, E3 was just an amazing sounding board. I mean, I used to use it literally for just talking to people playing the game, and and you know, I used to used to kind of use it to to see what people liked, what people didn't like, and a lot of times you come away with some really great ideas because all those shows aren't open to the public. You 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 do have a lot of people there, um, and it's, it's it's tremendously exciting and really noisy. Uh, but um, so yeah, the, the shows in many many ways actually. More than anything else, the E3 shows kept us on time because it was actually more embarrassing. Not it's more embarrassing to miss an E3 than to miss a ship date. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because it, yeah, <laughs> so, it, it really it's very is public. You know, it's very public. It's very embarrassing. Yeah. So, you, so did you guys? Do you guys did make E3 though? You made it. Yeah, we we, we got it to E3, and then we had it there. We had it again the year after. We also had it. We had it there for two years running, um, because then. But at that point, we were quite ship, close to shipping, so. That ties well, into out, a. Oh, sorry, big. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm just really curious. Then, out of the 97 E3, talking to people playing the game, was that then what changed, for example, the UI? And there was different units like the male shaman. Yeah. And someone's a question here as well. Someone listed like they looked like there was connecting bridges as like a level selector. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of this stuff. There, there were, what we realized, sort of. 
when I kind of put a put a few new faces on the team, what we kind of realized is there are loads and loads of good ideas, right? Of course. But there was no real yeah, other than you could destroy stuff and you could basically do this cool stuff with the engine, there was no gameplay. There, there was there was no win condition. You know, there was no concept. We didn't know what winning meant. You know, uh, it, it it's just one of the weirdest things. You know, you can't make a game unless you know what winning looks like or what losing yeah. looks like. Yeah. And none of these things were there. You know, so we we literally had to go. You know, male and female shaman, are they going to behave differently? No. Why do we need two? You know, it, it literally ended up being it ended up being like this. You know, it ended up being really kind of brutal to be honest. And we threw away so much art because. Although it yeah. was great, it didn't serve a purpose. You know, it didn't serve a purpose. So what, one of the things we felt is we had to really bring the game back to, um, to first of all, finding a way of limiting resources but still making it fun, which is where we came up with the power building up. So you have to build up for the big spells because initially you, when you did the demo, you had everything available. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's like a kid in a candy store. It's like wham, bang, bang. There was no, there was no sense of progression. There's no sense of building up. There's no strategy, right? Which is difficult for an RTS. So we had to, you know, a lot. You had to cut back and cut back and cut back and say, it's it's almost like I don't know if you if you ever seen Apollo thirteen, right? When he goes, just tell me what works. Right, it, it, it's literally yeah. was that sort of moment. It's like, tell me what works. We don't need to have A, B, and C. What do we need to get his basic gameplay? So we cut it back to its basic principles. We didn't need two sexes of shaman. We didn't need bridges, you know, because we actually found you can make bridges by casting and stuff like that. So see, in the end, in the end, we we we're using the terraform engine much more because that was that was just a, the aha moment where people got. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. That's what came back from E3s. People got. I've genuinely never. Seen, every other game was like was like you know static geometry and isometric, and this mm-hmm. was it felt organic, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what it was. That's what we really liked about it. So we just everything else we ruthlessly just got. We're not doing this. We're going to park this, park that, park that. The other thing is multiplayer. Multiplayer was kind of an afterthought, really. That's kind of we got got away thinking we must have multiplayer, really. Yeah. So I guess this ties into my question that I was going to ask. On that kind of builds on this, um, the reception of the game. I mean, because as you said, no one's ever done anything like this before. Even now, the game is so unique to me, and I wish I could explain it to people to give it a resurgence, a revival, because there's such there's such a possibility still with this game. And, you know, it, I, I don't know if there's ever going to be a remake it's, at this point. You should see, it, you, should see, you should see what Glenn is working on. I, well, I'd be very interested. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> very interested. But, I mean, the thing is, I guess my question here is, what do you think stopped Populous in November of 1998 or whenever it came out? Because it was right near my birthday when it came yeah. out. What do you think stopped it from achieving that commercial success and that that viral uh you know spreading i mean we didn't have the internet the way we do now i actually think the game would have probably thrived if we had the ability to spread around the way we did now but i think there's i think there's a couple of things um one of them is that um the electronic arts is is good at selling electronic arts games right um and it was always bullfrog was always one of their third party third party labels Right. The reality is when you inside EA, uh, and I, I was an exec producer at EA for for decade, um, your competition isn't Activision. Your competition is the person across the pond who wants your money inside the same company. And that's the same with any big company. So when you are when you're going up against the reality, you're going up against like a uh, conversation you'd have is okay, so literally uh, we just changed the number 
on SimCity and make it SimCity 2000, and we will sell 5 million units. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't compete with that with a British quirky British game. You know, when you're competing for budgets, when you're competing for, you know, eyeballs and whatever, you know, um, and and it, it's when you, you know, sort of, you know, I suppose the other thing is the company is getting probably EA is at that point thinking, is it really going to come out? Uh, they probably didn't commit the resources they would have had to do to make it a global hit. And right. I, I've seen I've seen them make a global hit. I mean, trust me, a game, uh, it worked the other way with Theme Park World, which is the next game I did, mm-hmm. uh, where basically SimCity missed its ship date. And they asked me if I could fill that slot with my game. Um, and they they put so much marketing behind it. It's unbelievable. We sold something like, I think we did $67 million worth of business on that game, Amazing. which was, uh-huh. it was scheduled to make six, right? And so, so, so you just see what happens when, the, when, the, when a company really gets behind something. And, you know, to be honest, I think that the sheen had come off Bullfrog a bit at that point. So we got, we got, we got, we got some marketing money, but nowhere near what you need to make a worldwide hit. I mean, right. worldwide so, hit, so marketing right? was definitely the biggest thing for Populous. It didn't have a good marketing budget to really go. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it was quirky, you know, uh, in America, it was, in America it was all about uh, like the latest, greatest graphics. And because the engine, the engine, the engine was organic. So it looked fuzzy. Right, it's I, I never thought that. I thought it, I thought the graphics were pretty great back then. But when then. you compare it to something like, you know, Rollercoaster Tycoon, it's all crisp. You know, it's like an American city or Maxis games. They're like American cities all on blocks, you know. Uh, and, you know, that that didn't that sort of was an issue. The other thing is we tried to make the game a lot more accessible, which ironically for the Japanese market is, is, is the wrong thing to do because the Japanese market likes really detailed stats, you know, stats after stats after stats. So... So I think I think ultimately it's uh, it it did the game. So don't get me wrong, the game did, did game did well, and everyone was really happy with it. Right. But uh, it it wasn't what it, it you know it wasn't what it could have been if we'd started in earnest two years before we did to try and ship this. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's the reality. You know, there, there's a little most games when you start them, they're almost like a little expiry date starts get stamped on them. And I think Populous 3 came just after its expiry date. It was just starting to, you know, not be as crisp around the edges. Well, I hear this from a lot of people. It's uh, um, Populous Beginning was ahead of its time. Would you agree with that to some aspect? It, it, it was ahead of its time in, in, in some respects. You know, loads of stuff that other games didn't do. Uh, but, you know, you know if I, I, I go back to Enemy's Time. Yeah. You know, if we'd... You know, we had a really tired, burnt out team by the end of it. They've been slogging away at this, you know, with lots of false dawns, you know, where they thought it's nearly done and then had to literally throw most of it away and start again. You know, and it, you have to kind of weigh it up. And you, do you think that team's got another final push into it or do you just want to spend another six months or not? Um, so so I, I think it was ahead of its time, but it, it probably didn't realize its full potential, you know. Um, yeah. I suppose that's really the, that's really the, the the sad thing. Yeah, it was it was it was really good, and because so the company was happy with it, but it wasn't like a mega hit. It could have been, it, and it, it should it have, could been. have been. Yeah, it could have, it could have been, but I, I think time was the big killer. If we'd been a year a year earlier, the company would have had more interest, uh, and we probably would have sold three or four times as many. Plus, ninety eight was a rough year as well in terms of competition, the age of empires and releases such as that. So. So I, th- I think yeah, I don't feel I was I was happy to I was really happy to ship it. The team was happy to ship it, 
Uh, so I'm, I'm proud of making it. it I mean, to it, be honest, the, the single player was uh, it, it was very clear that you guys spent a lot of time on that single player because the single player was beautiful and there was yeah. there was hardly any bugs. Everything worked the way it was supposed to. Um, and, and, you know, this kind of ties into a question that I want to just get out there and ask um, that you said multiplayer was kind of an afterthought. You said that it was, you know, kind of a, you know, slap together um, the, the levels that you guys put together. Uh, were you a part of that, or was that another part of the team? No, no, or... we, we worked on. We all worked on it together. I mean, to, to be honest, at that point, you know, online, online, and multiplayer really came became big in the states and became almost like, well, if it had multiplayer, you can probably get more marketing money. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't something we'd want. You know, it's something we'd planned to do. We we did do in the end. I'm glad we did it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it 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 was it was really towards the end of the game that we did this, which is actually one of the ironically one of the reasons why it's so easy to mod is because we hadn't really thought about security or anything like that. So, uh. <laughs> with multiplayer, Richard, uh, I guess what I wanted to let you know is that the levels that you guys created, um, especially Pressure Point. Pressure Point is now one of the most played uh professional maps for people that play competitive cool. populace uh cool. they love it they it, it's so versatile there's so many different strategies um face-off was popular for a while uh just so many great levels that were made that have stood the test of time like like i said pressure point has been played literally from 1998 all the way up until now it's like That's the really standard cool. and it's really cool to see uh and i guess my question here is you know I, I've been on a crusade in the multiplayer community talking about patches and whatnot and saying, you know, if, if the developers were still around and they noticed that on face off a tree sinks in the beginning of the game, yeah. would you would you recommend patching and fixing these things? You know, like because you guys put it on as an afterthought. So, yeah, you know, little bugs like you know, that. It's you know, I used to call them bug features. You know, it, 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 there's, there's certain bugs. I mean, I don't know if you know, but the. One of one of the one of the best fixes we ever did is we had this with this massive problem with the AI because the the characters kept getting stuck because obviously they can terraform the landscape, and and after some point the characters literally will get stuck and they can't get out, and of course those characters are a finite number of characters you can have because the engine can't handle anymore, so basically you know we were sitting there thinking how do we we can't solve we we really tried to solve the pathfinding problem we couldn't you know for every case there was always an edge case. So one day we were sitting in a meeting and I said, well, just kill them when people aren't looking. So we did exactly that. So basically all the characters are stuck. When the camera is not on them, you just die. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and nobody's ever noticed that. <laughs> and it was, it was probably one of, the, one of the cheapest fixes we've ever done that, that nobody noticed. And it actually made sure the engine didn't sort of run out of sprites. So uh, yeah, when you're when you're not looking, they die, just like the you know the old quantum thing. Yeah, does the tree really fall over the forest? You know. <laughs> wow, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah. So so I think I think I think to, yeah, the, the tree disappearing, call it an act of God. You know, it's it's part of folklore for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Keith is so unhappy with your response. Yeah, yeah Keith is. I'm happy with it, but I guess I just I just need a firm yes or no, Rich. If you were what still I, on this team, if you were no, still on this team, no, I wouldn't fix it. I wouldn't. Ah, <laughs> Keith. Right. Damn it! Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you know, uh, it 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 is it is what it is. It is what it this, is. You know? This is uh, this is amazing. It's like you know, oh. do you, do you, do you, do you again do you take the the scratches of some of the master tapes of some of the best recordings ever made? No, they're there. You know, they're good side oh, guys. Man. So keep did it. Did bacon did bacon or Craig pay you to no, say no? No, 
Honestly, did they, did they, did they reach out to you before this podcast? I must know. All right. Oh, sorry. Can I All just right, well, say that was perfect? I was, I was not expecting an answer, no. Richard, but I, I actually I wasn't expecting it either. <laughs> you do not oh, fix a classic. No, no, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, and, uh, and you know, there was, uh, I, I, you know, I still to this day remember a lot of the stinky bugs I've had in, in games. In fact, my very first game, the uh, first game I did was Evil Dead. And uh, so when the game starts, one of the doors is open. To this day, I could not figure out why this door's open when the game starts. Should be shut. <laughs> right, and then the second, the second you scroll off the screen, the door shuts, and it's fine. Uh, and, you know, still every so often wonder where that was. But <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good it's to the, know. It's the, the curse of the evil dead. So <laughs> there you go, another folklore thing. Well, I think I'll finish up quickly with any alpha and pre-release questions, because you you pretty much answered quite a few, actually, in your explanation of what had to be cut and go. But one with that, one for me that's really curious as well is the names of the tribes. Like, how did you come up with them? Um, yeah. And kind of what inspired you with it? But out of curiosity, yeah. sorry, the, the Blue Tribe, was it as actually officially named? Because the narrators in the PlayStation 1 uh, have hints to Ikani? Yeah. I, I I couldn't tell you to be honest. I, I think I think it was it was all vaguely Aztec inspired. So we had people kind of look for cool stuff and you know, don't forget this this was on the internet, it was just in its like that wasn't like literally just starting up, you know, like mm, nine yeah. six hundred board modems and stuff. So so yeah, we we really didn't um we didn't really spend too much time, but we wanted it to be vaguely Aztec themed, you know, so that's kind of where it was researched. But I couldn't tell you the exact detail about where the naming came from. Don't tell me it's some sort of swear word in German. That's not German. No, not that we're aware of. No. Our curiosity was: was the Blue Tribe then actually ever officially named in production, or was it just left? Uh, I again, I was. I can't remember. Uh, I thought we named everything, but uh, to be honest, the um, the the PlayStation One version uh, was was difficult. I mean, it was really hard because. Um, the PlayStation One has only got two two megabytes of VRAM, two megabytes. You know, this is this is like crazy. If you had an image, it's tiny. You know, it's virtually nothing. Um, so so there was there really wasn't enough time. And the problem is, the PlayStation wasn't designed to do texturing. It was really designed to do flat shading, and that doesn't really look good. And so so we were literally most of our problem was was getting it to run at a decent frame rate. And there was actually several times we nearly abandoned the PS1 version because we couldn't get the frame rate up. We had to do so much optimization. So it it was, I'd say, 90% a technical challenge just getting it to work on the platform. Because it just wasn't designed. It wasn't designed to go on console yeah. really. You on the PC, you can just you have virtual memory. You can swap memory in and out. PlayStation, you load up the code and that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you've got. So 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 I yeah so I think the we were probably spending most of our time cutting things out to make it run at a decent frame rate. Well, you've just answered one of the PlayStation One questions. Yeah, there, actually, I was just which say, is, yeah. Uh, a question that's come up is regarding the narrator. There was no narration in the PC version, but it was added, yeah. uh, you know, voice acting in the um, PlayStation One version. Was that was there any specific reason for that? Uh, no, I, I, but to be honest, I, I, it's meant to play, be played on TV. So I thought we thought it'd be, make more of a better TV experience rather than a monitor experience. Mm. So, so you know, we we every time we looked at you know when I'm playing when I design console games, I always think that the player is going to be sitting six to eight feet away. When I'm playing a PC game, I'm right there. 
So it's, I think it's just a different level of immersion. So it's, I thought it always so it's nice if somebody's talking to you, you know, on the, on a, it's more like a TV experience. But that was, that's, that's far as it goes, really. So, I mean, how did you get Ashby, though? He, he's, a, he's a staple on Craig's <laughs> channel, on the YouTube uh, channel. Because, we need you some know, background there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have no idea. Uh, I oh, he doesn't know I, Ashby? No, I suspect. I suspect it was uh, either somebody we knew or somebody that uh, I used to work with a really good friend, sadly dead friend of mine, called Richard Joseph. It could well be somebody Richard knew, because Richard, we got Richard in to do help with the audio. Okay. Um, and Richard was an amazing musician. Um and he knew everybody. So it's a, it's a really good chance Richard actually secured him for us. Oh, yeah, cool. I mean, so the, some uh, of the okay. music and the incantations, I mean, you know, is that something that was also Richard? Uh, uh, or... I think I think Richard was helping us out on this. Um, we, uh, there were, some of the stuff was already done. We had in-house, we had in-house music as well. Uh, uh, like, uh, uh, I don't remember, it's, it's sure. It's not Ian Sure. No, it's not Ian Sure. Anyway, Mark one of them in... Uh, no, 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 Mark wasn't there. I don't think he was there then. He joined sort of for Formula One at the time. Mark Knight did the soundtrack for Mark, Populous. Mark, Mark did, did some of it. I think it was contracting at the time. Because Mark, Mark and I used to be at uh, at uh, Mindscape before EA. I ended up at EA because I brought my whole team. So I ended up at EA and I brought my whole Mindscape team with me. So, okay. um, yeah, so, so, yeah, but it we kind of had various people chip in. But I, I don't know. It could have been a friend of Mark's even. Typically, the audio was kind of handed over to just the audio team, and they would just... Very popular, Robert Ashby, just because the, the raw emotion and drama he put into his uh, narration in the game is quite uh, quite iconic. Yeah. It, it, as I said, it, 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 it is very likely we, we, we had, they had... Mostly, the audio team would have connections with voiceover artists, and we just use those. All right. So, but not, I didn't do it specifically. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So I, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the actual. So with single player, um, the, the mods that we've been able to come up with as a community are pretty incredible. Um, but, you know, you guys gave us the framework to that. Yeah. Um, how how much effort uh, was there in regards to um, single player in regard? Like, what was the what was was there a level or a certain part of the campaign that was really hard to to finish uh, not so much but the, the biggest the biggest challenge was i go back to the what i call it the, the superman dilemma right which is that imagine you're superman right and you can do anything what's the weaknesses so so it all becomes about your weaknesses and this is really the way we look at the shaman the shaman could do anything we don't really have to think about it. so how do we basically make the shaman because obviously the the easiest way to win is you cast a volcano in the middle of somebody's base right you know, that's it, you know, but so we then thought about uh, having the, the, the mana systems, having the mana build up. So we really, we, all the time we thought about how do we make it so that you can't just, and the other thing, how do you make it so you can't just follow the same strategy every time? Mm. You know, that that's the key thing. Because again, I go back to Superman, just use the heat ray. Yeah. It does everything. It's, just, it's the Swiss Army knife, right? You know, for yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that's that's what you end up with. You, and I think you have all of these tools, and you want to go. You know, I want to make. I want to design a level, or have somebody design a level that that actually the things you've done before aren't going to work. They're just not going to work, right? Uh, because the the other players can come in and divide and conquer. So you're not going to be able to build up enough mana. You there's also levels which rely on the fact you can't see the whole level. Yeah, so there's the stuff yep. happening off screen that unless you pay attention to it will kill you, right? Mm -hmm. 
so 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 it's all of those things that that we we had to really think about we've got this amazing tool set right where you can literally terraform a planet but how do you use it responsibly so you can actually give the player an escalation we wanted it so it felt like that we didn't want the volcano or the earthquake or the tornadoes to be an everyday thing we wanted them to feel really really special you know when he cast Craig so likes that yeah, we really want. No, no. This was sort of a major design consideration. Is is we wanted people to go. Oh, it's nearly there. Nearly there. Ne okay, hang on long enough to car. Oh yeah, there it goes. <laughs> right, whammo. Right, and then destruction. That was very much crafted, and we crafted levels so there is this payoff. The other thing which you might not be aware of is that the the end game, um, the end game has another little cheat in it, um, which is. We found when we were playing the game, it was very easy for one of the players just to hang on with one or two people, which you could never find, you know, because they could just be. <laughs> so effectively, again, the end game, we basically, when we realize, when the computer realizes the other team is going to lose, they basically kill them. <laughs> I mean, that in the nicest possible way, but basically, you they just expire because it was literally found there were people spending 25 minutes trying to find something, you know, they, yeah. they couldn't find. And this is one of the problems, we go back to, you know, that you said about the unique world and the fact this is really organic. That has its own set of problems, you know, right. because you can create impossible maps, you know, do you probably notice you can, you can maroon yourself. You can easily maroon yourself on a little island, mm -hmm. which you can't get off of, but you can't make any more build. You can't do any more building, right? <laughs> because there's nobody to build for you. So, so it's all of those, all of those things, you know, when we were testing this, we found all of these like, Oh, I hadn't really thought of this, hadn't really thought of that. So most of our testing was literally twofold. First of all, was like, wow, that's really cool. How do we build a level to do this again? Right? How do you specifically build a level where the player has to do this? Right. And the other one was this, holy crap, this is just isn't gonna work. You know, this is not gonna work. This isn't gonna be fun. So it we we literally sat there with a sandbox and we tried things out. I mean, you guys came up with some pretty interesting concepts. I mean, level 15, where the shaman's imprisoned on in, in a prison. And that was one of the hardest levels I've ever had yeah. to do. And, um, you know, it's 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 the, the concept that you came from something so small and turned it into something so big. And, you know, I mean, with the shaman, like you said, the shaman can die from water. She can die from warriors yeah. really quickly. Uh, she can die to swamps, lava. I mean, you guys really did come up with a lot yeah. of things that could kill something that was sort of Superman-like. And Yeah, we really want her to be vulnerable. You know, we really want her because she wields his amazing power, right? And uh, one of the one of the key things is unless the, unless the people protect her, right? She's history because mm -hmm. she literally, you know, one of the warriors comes and she's dead. There's nothing yep. she can do about it, right? She can cast a little blast thing, but that's it. And the blasts don't kill. That's the other thing. Unless you knock somebody out into the sea, the, uh, we deliberately gave her this amazing power, and then we kind of also hobbled her by saying, no, she's going to be protected. Without her people, so one of, without her people, she's nothing. No, um, so so that that was a that was a key design consideration, uh, because initially to start with it was like you know you literally could be Superman casting this and that you know and there was no consequence. Yeah, you know, and the thirty when the shaman dies, it's a thirty second delay too. So that was yeah. really cool concept that you guys came up with too. Like how long does it take for her after she dies to come back and yeah. become Superman again, Superwoman? Yeah. yeah, Craig, I was going to say it's quite ironic that uh, your design choice to avoid all that is actually completely negated. When you play multiplayer, since I joined the community in two thousand and four, yeah, all of those things that that make it um, easier for the shaman to die are actually turned off by default. So the the multiplayer component is essentially I've got this superhuman person. I'm going to 
they're going to do what I can with it. You could yeah. assume it's very difficult to kill it. That's kind of how the multiplayer works. Yeah, and it, it, it it's and one of the things with multiplayer is you know, multiplayer is very different. It's very different when you're playing against another devious human being. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, it's true. This this is and we wanted it. We wanted people to be really devious, right? Are you going to play with the you know? Are you going to play with um, like you know building everything up for a big coup d'état at the end, you know, or what are you, what are your strategies? You, know, so you really want people to think ahead because the problem is the mana builds up quite slowly, right? Mm -hmm. And you can have a strategy and then somebody can, gets rid of your mana capability, right? Your producing capability and your strategy has to change, right? Yeah. Because you can't do this anymore, you know? And that's, we've found a lot of these little emergent situations in multiplayer more than any other game I've ever worked with, you know, which tend to, most of them tend to be more prescriptive. Well, we just thought, this is cool. We just keep it. We'll just keep it, and we'll let people discover it. You know. Yeah. Um, the other, the other characters. You know, we had those low little tricks. You know, like the, um, the little uh, what the little spies. You know, the spies that can convert people, and and and, and the priests that can convert people. We thought those are all just like I thought. It was so much fun because it can literally turn the tide. You think you everything's going well, and suddenly all the people are even yeah. just turn just, the other colors. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it's stuff stuff like that has, has like you know, preachers yeah. have been turned off in multiplayer because yeah. people can't handle it. They don't like the not the the control factor. So yeah. invisibility's gone, magic shield's Which gone. Is a shame. We're working. I, think I know. I think We're I working on it. No, I think I think it definitely it definitely it definitely works well. You know, if you if you're playing a, it probably doesn't work as well with a human player, but it definitely works well if you're playing uh, because the the actual they they follow the rules. They don't really cheat the other characters in the single player. Right. Thing. Well, there were, there were 15 plus uh, custom community created campaigns now. Um, wow. Which divulge in a lot of new mechanics. Um, yeah, and they, they teach the AI a lot of things, um, making the AI faster at casting blasts and lightning. Why, why, and... why doesn't just somebody rebuild the whole thing in Unity from scratch? It's out of my head. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> not sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are they are eighty percent there. Um, yeah. you know, they're they're they've got something really great. They've they've made Populous smoother, faster game frame yeah. rate. Uh, it's 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 a beautiful beautiful game. And uh, even the object overload that happens in multiplayer. I don't know if you play multiplayer, but spells don't cast sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know it that's been changed so where you can you can put unlimited buildings on the world now and the the engine's fine it doesn't yeah. doesn't crash well, we had to, we had to we had to really i mean you had to be really cognizant of minimum machine specs yeah mm. oh uh, back in the day yeah back in the day so i mean you think about the machines now probably what a thousand times more powerful uh yeah with memory you just can't imagine and uh yeah we did the whole thing without a gpu this is all done, you know, it's the software renderer. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, so, so I suppose, yeah, the, you know, the, what is, what is interesting, what I find really interesting with the modding community is like, they clearly have amazing skills. So just build one from scratch and sell it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't think it's as simple as that. When everyone just does their own thing. And <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're out there, just do it, Tox. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, do it, Tox. Just do it. You've got the resources. You can do it. So especially with the tools nowadays, like Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine would literally you know, just do this and like, you know, amazing job on this. I think the one thing that the the, the team of developers are missing, anyone who's good with uh, graphics, is yeah. what we've, yeah. That's the only thing we were missing Struggling in terms with that. of, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, the, the game itself is so unique that a remaster of it literally would probably just be everything the same except just transforming graphics to be more modern. And I yeah. think I think the concept of the game would still 
hold the test of time and stand up to today's standards because it's so it's so unique. Um, yeah, I mean, you, so, you could you could imagine you can imagine something like uh, like Fortnite gameplay, but in a populist world. You know, I can see I can see that sort of you know that sort of game working um, because I mean I, I you know in, I think nowadays you know there's terraforming and stuff like that you can definitely do with the with the modern engines a lot easier. Mm. Um, so I think I think that that could be an interesting concept. Um, but you know, I, I think the yeah, but I, I do I do really like the gameplay. I really, I was really happy with what we ended up with, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think the yeah you know, the fact that people are still playing is really amazing. <laughs> so. What was your favorite unit, and uh, or what was what was the fa- what was the best concept that you think uh, Populous had? Um, I know there's so many, uh, but like yeah. I, I, I have to say, I I did like, I I did like the fact that you had to that the, the land wasn't uh, like in most other games you play, the the map is basically static, right? And what I really loved is the fact the map isn't static. The map is really part of your gameplay. You plan your game. You can make bridges across the water. You can you can raise and lower mountains and stuff like that. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Right. Because it 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 Still meant is. that it meant that the you know, it wasn't like a lot of times when you talk about, you know, how do you beat the game and stuff, this they think there's this little cookie crumb trail, but this was it was so organic. I love the organic nature of this. I really I thought it's just uh yeah, I thought that's 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 his coolest that was his coolest components. The fact that it's not tiled. It's not just like a grid, you know. It's not... I'm really glad that you guys didn't do the grid slash old populace. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm glad you guys turned it into a different kind of RTS because that really is that. That's the draw for people. Yeah. It's the fact that you can click around to control every follower. You make everything happen, and then if you do want to terraform the land, you've got that ultra powerful shaman unit. But you can't terraform the land unless she's alive. So you yeah. really got to keep her alive. Yeah. And there's just so many op- options. So it is a beautiful. Yeah, beautiful and I think game. that the other thing is I do I do like. I think the other the other thing was, was is 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 basically not going down the here's super many all of the things. It's all about how do you use that, you know, how do you make it so it, when you have those payoffs, those payoffs are really meaningful. We really want to get that sense of anticipation. You've built up for this moment and like whammo, right? It's 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 here and you've built up. And I think that sense of anticipation is also amazing. I think that I really I, I really like that about the game actually. Well, thinking on, uh, well, just populist in general then, do you know anything about the cancelled Populous 4 game, also known as Genesis, The Hand of God? Uh, we, not much. I mean, other than, you know, I suspect a lot of it, the problems are that uh, people didn't want to work on it. You know, that, that's a lot of times, you know, the, you, the company wants to do the company wants to do sequel after sequel because it's nice and safe. Right. But people don't want to work on sequels. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, I used to re- remember years ago, Bruce McMillan, who was running FIFA, came over to came over and he became our boss in the end. And Bruce came over and he he uh, he said he said something like uh, he said, I really hate you, Richard, because you get to do all this original stuff. I've got to do sequels every single year. Mm. And I sort of said, "Yeah, but look at your car. You know, your yeah. car's much faster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know." Uh, but that was kind of that was the thing. You know, uh, is, is that the thing with sequels, though, Richard? Is it the concept that you have to basically work with the same almost everything, and it just gets monotonous and exhausting to have? Like when you're making a sequel, it's not original concepts, it's not new ideas. I maybe maybe a little bit here and there, but some. So I tell you, don't get me wrong. Some people really 
like it. You know, uh, they, they have interleaving teams. So each team works on two year time cycle, but there's two teams and they kind of do alternate releases. You know, uh, and what what people like is it's predictable, right? And all of this stuff. But you know, if you, I, I'd say it wasn't really Bullfrog. <clears throat> yeah, Bullfrog really liked to do original stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so so it really wasn't a Bullfrog thing. And and I think that's part of the one of the problems with American markets like predictability. You know, they like to go, okay, so we're going to do a really original sitcom. So it's not going to be called Cheers, but it will be called Frasier with many of the same people in it, right? <laughs> so no, but that's it's called it's called pre-sold in the American market, right? And if you have something that you know, just you people know what they're getting, you know, um, and 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 selling something different, selling something new and original is really hard. I mean, yeah. really, really hard. I mean, <laughs> trust me. Uh, so actually, I think there's a there's a there's a downside to always doing original stuff because it's really hard work. And then, and then once it's done, you sometimes don't even get to reap the rewards of all that hard work because it doesn't become a critical success. Because it's, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I think the, you know, there's there's an art to make. You think of think of it this way: there's an art to making video games, and there's a craft to making video games. Okay, and and the really good companies have a good mix of art and craft. Some companies are all craft, right? Uh, Call of Duty is all craft. You know, there's no art in Call of Duty. It's just mm -hmm. the same. What should we do now? Well, let's have people running around with guns shooting each other, right? You know, uh, there's, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no art in that. I'm oh, sorry, I know it sounds awful, but there's, there's no, you know, there's no experimentation. Yes, yeah, creative. And then you have you have you have you have other games which are which are all entirely you know art. You know, like I take Minecraft. Nobody would have touched Minecraft with a barge pole. It was shopped around to all the major games developers. Everyone said the graphics were rubbish. They are. <laughs> I know, but that wasn't the point. It yep. played really well, right? And I kids get it. loved I get it, it, right? I get so, it. So, so I think, I think, I think you with games, you kind of if you do something that's too weird and wacky, then it's very hard to sell. If you do stuff that's that becomes very predictable, you know, uh, again, it can lose its sheen. But I think, I think the real. I think it's a real mistake to keep chopping and changing every five minutes. You can never learn anything. So, but I thought after three poplars, this is probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> In that respect, how did um, Undiscovered Worlds come about? Uh, it, it was probably, I, mean, I seem to remember vaguely that we just uh, thought about, you know, the game was still, the game was sold and we just end up, you know, thinking of, we will just do a, do a sequel or we just do an add-on, right? Yeah. Uh, add-ons were quite easy to do. So, uh so you know we just thought we just had like put a team put a team put that on together i see that you guys really kind of changed the level systems on that one too like you, you tried to come up with more like crazy ideas and different and using troops more like it was there was a lot more nuance to the to the yeah, missions I mean, there to be honest a lot of times what what happens with the with the there's like a you sort of end up with the, the the main teams go off and they do the next next big thing and then there's some other teams who kind of take over some putting some sequels together um, so and because it, they don't really get a lot of budget and they don't get a lot of marketing, you can sort of be a bit more playful because there's fewer eyes on it. <laughs> you know? if you, yeah. If you, yeah. If, so so yeah. So it's kind of yeah. You end up doing the the old little bits and pieces. But it it wasn't. It, it was literally just something. I think we we I think we wanted to sell like three hundred thousand copies or something. So it wasn't had a didn't have huge. They didn't have a huge sort of uh, forecast really. 
Was there any concepts for Undiscovered Worlds which didn't make it in that you know of? Or... I, can't, I can't remember too, too far. No, that's fine. Right. That's, yeah, don't worry. On, on, a, on a personal level, Richard, um, of all the, the projects, games you've worked on, um, don't, we won't be offended if you say it's not populous. Um, what have you en- which, which did you enjoy the most? What was the most memorable? I really, sorry, I have to say I really enjoyed Populous. It was the first was the first game I shipped to the A. Um, I really enjoyed that, and it's it kind of made me Bullfrog. I was really before that, you know, you know, I was always a bit of an outsider at Bullfrog because I wasn't mm-hmm. Bullfrog. You know, if you cut me in half, I'd probably say EA, EA rather than Bullfrog. Um, but it was I, I really enjoyed I enjoyed finishing it, and I I could still see the relief on people's faces when we finished. Now I'm not kidding you. I, I hate to say this, but there were people who literally had spent years on this and they were just glad it was over and they're not going to get beaten up anymore, you know, about <laughs> it being late again. Um, Poor guys. I think, I think the, the one I enjoyed, I, I suppose the, the game I enjoyed the most was Theme Park World uh, because it was my idea to make it. Nobody wanted to work on it, so I had to import the whole <laughs> team. Um, I, managed, I went to E3 and I made my old boss at Mindscape an offer he couldn't refuse to buy my old team out. Uh, and I did all of this. I literally I spent two million dollars without telling anybody, and then I had to phone Les up and saying, "Oh, Les, I might have just spent two million dollars. Are you okay with that? <laughs> what do you do with it?" So, so there, there, were, there were loads of these really cool events, you know, for 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 theme, for theme park world, and then of course it also did spectacularly well. So, so that that's kind of that I, I think populous because I didn't start it. I finished it, but I didn't start it. But with theme park world, I started and baby. finished it. It was my baby. Yep. yep. I really enjoyed that game. It was, I mean, I played the the, the first one, the the theme park, yeah. theme park world. It, it worked so well on the PlayStation as well. It was so yeah. fluid to play, and as, as a young teenager, it was very lots of colours, and it was just it was really good, really good, uh, enjoyable game. I enjoyed that yeah. one. So, so yeah, I think I think I must enjoy every game. I even enjoyed uh, Catwoman. I was. I didn't want to ask about that one because I just. <laughs> no, no. Why, why, why? I've got. I've got Catwoman, which is the worst game I've worked on in terms of critical acclaim, and probably is next to each other, right? For good reason, because it reminds me that literally making games is is like if you have if you have fifty five if you have fifty two percent more wins than losses, you're winning, because there's so much luck. There's so much luck, and there's you know there's so much good luck and bad luck. So uh, so Cat- Catwoman enjoyed just because we shipped it, and again it was literally a team that. That team was just tired, and getting it out the door was just we're done. You know, we never have to see this again. And no, we're not doing a sequel. Was the game better or worse than the film? Uh, Metacritic says the game is slightly better. <laughs> but I, I, tell you, I tell you, when I saw the film, when I, when Warner Brothers showed me the film, Rushes, um, I actually we did the whole game in three months, by the way, because no, oh, wow. the, the game was in pre-production for two years, but nobody really worked on it. Again, it's one of these ones where I was drafted and finish it, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and when I saw the film, I told the team, we've got to shave two weeks off the schedule because if you put the game out after the film, we're not going to sell any copies. So we shaved two weeks off the schedule and went ahead of the film by two weeks. Oh, that's such a good a call. Yeah. That, yeah, that film the was film, The film was absolutely good. awful. Yeah, it was really yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, no, and Halle Berry did the voiceover for us in the game. And she oh, wow. was an absolutely brilliant person to work with. Uh, real professional, right? Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it was it was a yeah. When you when you read a script, you know, I used to read a lot of scripts. When you read a script and it's on draft seventeen, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, seventeen. Well, yeah. So, so did you meet Halle Berry? 
no, I didn't. Uh, ah. Since I nearly did, but then the the person who paid for the voiceover pointed out that because uh, that's the, they want the marketing paid for the voiceover because I, I was too tight to pay for it. Uh, so marketing paid for the voiceover. They said because they're paying for it, they want me to. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, uh, w one more question here. Um, it's kind of two questions in one. Sure. So there was a animal system that was supposed to be in Populous at the beginning, yeah. and you guys, you said you scrapped a couple of ideas. Uh, that one was scrapped. Um, were there any spells that you had thought about, as you and the team thought about, as well as the animal system? Um, uh, what were they that got scrapped? Yeah, I think there was like, a, we, we got rid of anything that directly killed people. You know, uh, you know, like 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 just sapping them. We wanted all of we wanted all of the deaths to be kind of almost like collateral damage. You know, okay. so there was no there was no sort of gun in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Although you can use many things as guns, there weren't any guns. Right. The only thing that really counts as a gun a gun is kind of like lightning or swamp, really. Yeah, but, but there's but, still but collateral damage. Lightning is collateral damage because it you know you can you don't necessarily get killed, right? If you lightning strike a whole group of people, then all die. So. So really, uh, the you know the, the animal thing had to go for the same reason I said earlier that we had so many things already, and the problem is every time you add another thing, you think does this actually add to it? I'll give you an example: we had other spells that that in the end it was just like, but that's just like volcano, mm. and volcano is great. Why would we want to have a bad, a worse version of volcano? You know? Right, because <laughs> like, volcanoes are good. So so a lot of this stuff, you know, kind of said, do we really need this? We actually had more troops. We cut them all back to. Oh well. What are they actually going to do in the game? You know what do you need? You need building. You need fighters. You know you. So so we 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 cut a lot of stuff out. Well, I love the balance that you guys did end up coming up with, and you know, like Craig and I say, uh, the multiplayer community cut out a lot of that balance. And so now a lot of maps require people running around the map with thirty warriors from one side to the other. And you'd think, oh, I'll just get a preacher and preach them. Can't do it. They're not there. So yeah. you know, we're working on trying to expand that because you know, you bring up a great point. You guys, the developers put in such a an overwhelming amount of work to make these spells and to make this game the way it was. And you know, obviously, with any you know game, sometimes as time goes on, people realize okay this doesn't enhance the meta the way we want it blah 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 so we're going to get rid of this it's going to become you know no longer usable in multiplayer because it's too powerful but you know it, it's it's interesting because some people in the community are actually working on a new mod for multiplayer where they can change the the cost of the spells and change the effects a little bit of what the spells can do so that you know erode because craig talks about erode it's a great spell but it's so expensive in multiplayer yeah. that no one ever uses it really ever you know if yeah. you, there's just better spells to charge in multiplayer so the the thought concept is let's change the cost of a road to something a little bit less let's let, let's make it cost an earthquake uh, yeah. mana and then we then we might see people start using it more so we're going to try that out and see if that kind of excites people to use the spells that they're not normally used to yeah, using. yeah i think i think that makes sense honestly if, if with a little bit more time in testing you'd find these things out and you'd use right. them kind of but you've got to you've got to you've got to be careful when you when you develop because um, every time you add a feature, you have to do more testing. Yep. Right. And the last thing you want to do is kind of add something that could potentially break the game later on. So you have to have this real discipline that you don't, you don't add stuff. You know. And and this is this is one of the I suppose one of the the things that I I tend to bring to the party is the is the, is that discipline to go. You know. And I was probably the bad guy more often than not to say you're not. <laughs> I was going to say because. Because, you know, and a lot of times it's literally it's like, do you really want to spend another six months of your life working on this? 
I felt that yeah. bad guy vibe, Richard. I felt it. I was like, hey, Richard, should we fix these bugs? No. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. No, 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 I got no, my, no. I got I, my I, dose. I was, I, was always, I was always fixing bugs. I was fi- fixing bugs, but I could also be the, I could also, I've always got a marketing hat on thinking, that bug looks like a feature to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we, we've we've made I, a lot I used, of bugs I used, features. To call them, I used to call them feature bugs, right? Feature bugs. Like, yeah. yeah, well, a lot of people definitely have made use of those feature bugs in, yeah. in, in single player and in multiplayer. So it, it really, they, they actually do exist, feature yeah. bugs. They make the yeah. game a little bit more interesting, I'd say. It, it, does, so. it does. I think one of the, one of the things, and I go back to one of, the, one of the coolest things, it was the most organic game I've ever worked on. You know, yep. it really was. It was organic, and you'd never, you never quite knew what was going to happen. You know, it was, it was. There was a nice degree of unpredictability about it, which was also really good fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, with pressure point and multiplayer, and just like you know, Archipago on single player. These maps are massive, and there's so many options. But every like, there's a reason people play pressure point on multiplayer all the time because there's always something new that can happen on that yeah. map, even though it's the same gameplay back and forth strategy wise. The earthquakes can cut differently. Uh, your 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 attacks can hit differently, yeah. and there's always just a different ability. So the I, effect, I the love effects that. Are about quite, the, game. the effects are actually the effects are quite organic. They're calculated on the fly. So literally, if you cast just a little bit to one side, you it'll it'll have a totally different effect. The, the land may flood or may not flood. Yeah. So so it's 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 not like you're playing a video of what the outcomes. I mean, most most games they'll design what the disaster looks like, and they'll just do it like it'll do a morph between what it looked like now. And no, this literally is working it out on the fly. What is going to look it's like? random, so, I, and it's so, so we, we so don't unique. quite know. We never quite knew exactly what the landscape would look like. Yeah, people were always wondering if there was like a cheat with earthquake or with with like other spells where if you cast it on a specific spot on the land, will it always do something? And people have no, been testing it, that it for it. It calculates. Yeah. It calculates it from where pointed. It literally calculates what it needs to do to all things around it. So it's it's it's. In, I mean, it's not quite fractal, but it's very similar to that. It it doesn't have a preset outcome. I think that's what makes Populous so unique in terms of gameplay is because you can cast you can cast things and then the next time you cast it something different happens and and that that organic feeling I think is what makes Populous replayability factor so high. I think that, so that, high. that today I mean I've, I've seen very few games that do that because to be honest they're a pain in the ass to test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's one of, the, one of the problems is if you make something that's organic, it's really hard to test. Well, our curiosity then, if you were able to get back the old team. And you were allowed to add one feature to populous the beginning. What would it be? Uh, just trying to think. Do you know um, one of the things I, I suppose one of the things I found frustrating was just the, you know, the building. You know, you have to build and build and build, and then it's sort of. Uh, it would be like you build everything right, and then suddenly you've all the power you want, and then it's kind of over quite quickly. I wish there were more things to do. You know, like to kind of manage things and kind of get them flowing. I also thought having some sort of defensive capability would be really cool. More defensive capabilities, more than attacking yeah. capabilities, right? Um, so that's, as you said, originally we had walls, right? But the walls didn't really work because you can just basically blitz them out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but having some sort of defensive capability, I think, would be would be really cool. Um, so you can think, you know, like build a very defensive town or build a very attack town, you know, yeah, and and you know, in 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 single player and multiplayer, I mean, the big thing with defensive capabilities now is just people spam towers. You know, they put fifty oh. towers on pressure point, and that's their defense. And so, yes. it, it basically exhausts people thinking, "I can't attack this. This is a massive village." I, oh. I, I you know, 
force people to give up, but it would be cool if there was other ways to do defenses Defense, rather than yeah. Yeah. rather than just put people into towers or put people into huts. You know, yes, yeah, so I, I suppose that's really. I mean, to be honest, I think I think that and possibly having having more multiplayer, really having the multiplayer game a bit more thought through. Uh, and then possibly even having some sort of level editing tools. That would have been really cool. So we could maybe releasing some of the tools so people can actually put their own levels together easily, you know, so they can, you know, uh, so, I the, the stuff we had just wasn't stuff we could release because it's all done by the team and it wasn't really, you know, really a proper UI. Right, right. So, so, so I think level editing is a really cool way of getting extra life out of a game. Yep. And, and that actually is a thing that we have now. Um, there was a, there actually, the, I don't know if you know the history of how this game is still alive, but uh, EA shut down the server for multiplayer back in like 2001 or 2002. Yeah. That was and me. That was you. <laughs> See? <laughs> really? Really? You. That was you. What's, what's the story? Can I just caveat this? Can I, can no. I just sure. caveat no. it? Sure. You can look at this two ways. Right? This interview is I was, over, Richard. I was, I, was the, I was the person who shot down the server two years after he told me to. Oh, so you kept it alive oh, for two wow. years longer. Okay, you know what, Richard? All right, we're, this interview's back on. <laughs> no, because they, they were telling me the stats. They were telling me, do you know 6,000 people are playing? It's not pay. We're not monetizing this, right? Uh, so, so for two, we had it going for two, we had it going for two years longer than we were told to, and and it, and in the end, it was just like we are cutting them. They just did it. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, it was it, the the multiplayer lobbies and just the 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 concept of getting people on. I, I, I think the longevity of Populous would have existed longer if, like, you know, the ser so, so, you know, the servers sometimes went down. They didn't exist. Um, people would like, you know, come in, and there was no instant messaging back in the day like there is now. So people would come into the to the server, and it would be gone. It'd be down. So and down for a week. So some people would be like, well, I guess Populous is dead, and then they'd go on to the next yeah. game and never come back. But it's then they built it's, that. It's because the, one of the biggest problems is if you think about this. The games were 30 quid, right? 30, 30 pounds, whatever, $40, yep. right? Uh, and there's a final cost to keeping the server going. Okay, so imagine the server costs us a dollar a month per person who's playing, right? In 30 months, we owe you money, right? Do you, do you see what I mean? It, yeah. The yeah. economics are brutal. Unless you have a continuous way of monetizing your online presence, Right by either selling DLC or by yeah this is what a lot of the commercial is just ultimately you've you've made you've made some millions out of the game but you're spending it all in hosting right? oh which right are, right which so you're you not make, monetizing yeah. yep. and uh, the, the, the 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 plan was always like get, this is really the, most games were only online for six months right so basically nobody after online you know people wouldn't play after six months so you just take the server down after six months but yep. the problem is when you have a game that actually people love the same like with Steam Park World by the way. When, when people love the game, right, uh, it becomes really difficult. But at the end, you do have the bean counters, or sorry, call them accountants, should call them accountants, bean counters say, we're spending a fortune on this service, right? And you don't have the, you don't have enough capacity and, you know, to, to you, you know, it's not, you know, it's difficult. It's, it's the, you've already, you've already taken the money and now you're giving it back basically yeah yeah as long as it keeps yeah that's a really good way to put it and that kind of explains why it was shut down and, yeah, and it's, again it's, thank it's, you for keeping it alive yeah. for two years longer well, than it, what it you were was and they say the same we did the same we kept it alive for as long as you possibly could 
I think that was um, the same with Dungeon Keeper too. Then in the sun, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's exactly the same. Calling exactly the same issue. You know, yep. it, I, it, I walked in one yeah. day. I had been playing all week, and I was excited to jump back yeah. in from all multiplayer. It was gone. It was just yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but it's. It, and I think Sorry. the, you know, I think one of the one of the mm. one of the sad things is that uh, you know a lot of times I get approached about you know can we have the source code and and you know and it's it's not first of all it's not up to me but a lot of times. Uh, even if people want to do it, companies don't want to do it because it's, they, they're worried about litigation, do they still have yeah, right. licenses, you know, which copyrights do infringe. And, and to be honest, at the end of the day, they're not going to make money out of it. They're not going to do it. So, yep. mm. so a lot of this stuff is, is languishing, you know, uh, you know and, and it could be used, but it, it's just too difficult and there's nothing in it for them. So they don't do it. I've got a question for you, Richard. If you were still vice president at a year and you found yeah. out a group of volunteers were editing Populous the beginning as they are now with a different build, would yeah. would that raise flags for you? No, you know, uh, yes and no, right? Um, the second you ask me for permission, I'd have to say no. Right. So just don't ask. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being really serious clearly, here. Clearly right? hypothetical. Because, clearly hypothetical. No, no, I can say, oh, yeah. I, 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 I was doing, uh, I, was, I also have, I don't know if you have Games Workshop, I did some Games Workshop games as well. I did Dark Omen and Shadow of the Horned Rat. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and actually Games Workshop tried to get hold, they, they, they phoned me up a few um, few weeks ago, or months ago, months ago, time flies into pandemic. Uh, and they said, can I help them get get the rights to put stuff, somebody's reverse engineered to, and cannot get the rights. So EA no longer have the rights for this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and EA have no interest in it whatsoever. But it was just getting them to say, if we do this, you're not going to sue us. Nobody wants to talk about it. Right. Yeah. I get it. Because and as one, I used, to, I used to do Formula One, right? And I used to have to deal with uh, the FIA. Which is Bernie was then Bernie Eccleston's mm -hmm. company, right? And one day I was uh, literally every time we wanted to put a new feature into Formula One, it was like you can't do this, can't do that. In the end, we just went out for, for a few drinks with the lawyers, right? And after a few drinks, I said to him, "Why do you always say no?" He goes, "Well, if I said yes, I might get fired." I said, "You don't get fired for saying no as a lawyer. Why would I say yes?" It's like I was like. The penny suddenly dropped. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, Makes sense. There's nothing in it for them. You know, it's not like somebody saying, well, "We'll give you." If somebody said to them, "We'll give you now, and we'll give you twenty million dollars for this," they'll they'll find time, right? But yeah, there's no yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, there's, being wholly honest. There's no incentive for them to. There's no incentive, yes, and there's only down. There's only downside, right? Yeah. You know, it's only downside. Like I know somebody finds, I know they find they infringe some copyright, and next thing they're getting sued, or they found this life, found this license. There's only downsides for the company. Sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good question. Um, Birgen, have you got anything you want to ask us? I know you. Uh, there's the there's only really one really that I I can see left to ask really, which right. was We've where you ground. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you expect in Populous the beginning to still have a fan, uh, active fan base after nearly like twenty three years no, since release? No, absolutely. You know, absolutely not. I, I, and that's not because you know it hasn't got the potential to do this. It's just um, it's 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 amazing. I, I literally, when I played that game with people, I'm still I'm still talking. You know, I'm still talking to some people who played games like from nine. I made a game in nineteen eighty nineteen eighty five. Made a game in 1985, which people still have memories of, right? 
I forget about that okay. fact that it's 1998 when I when the game came out and shipped, but 1985 to 1998 is when you guys had done like. Yeah, well, I, 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 the, the, the second game after Evil Dead was Barbarian, and I was called one. I was called one, and then it was Barbarian, right? And those were big, big hits. And I, I know people have still got T-shirts, right, from those games. Uh, so no, I, you know, am I surprised? Yes and no. Um, but it, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. And I, I think that you know the, the fact that I, I think what's really interesting is those games were part of your formative years. And I think that makes that makes such a big difference. You know, I have games that were part of my formative years, right? Uh, like Doom, for example. I, 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 when I first started playing Doom, I could not believe what Carmack had done, right? Um, it, just, it was like witchcraft on the screen, right? <laughs> and, and anyway, so, so, so I think it's, a lot of it is kind of timing. You know, if, you, if you play them at the right time, they're with you for life, you yeah. know, uh, same as music or whatever. Um, so, no, so no, I'm not, because I have the same with, with my games that were my formative games. You know, arcade games like Phoenix. There's a game, Arcade Phoenix, where you're shooting up, you know, it's like a vertical shooter, you know, battle zone, you know. Um, but yeah, I need to go because my dinner's no. waiting for me. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I really appreciate your time, Richard. Thank you. That's pleasure. Yeah, thank you very, very much, very Richard, insightful. for coming on and asking the community Yeah, and I was going to say, if, you, if, you, if you're ever interested, you know, uh, you know, with Colin, Colin's a personal friend. He did Dungeon Keeper. Um, you know, uh, you know, he also did Harry Potter if you're interested, but, um, oh, nice. so, so he did, he's done a load of stuff and, and you know, uh, he's, he's actually working with Glenn at the moment oh. on a secret project. <laughs> is it have, is it just a little tidbit on that? A little tiny snippet? I, I doubt he can say anything, but <laughs> it's secret. <Yeah. laughs> it's secret. That, that's what we got, Craig. It's so just, just for people who are listening there, uh, Richard, who is Glenn? Glenn, Glenn Corpus. Uh, Glenn, Glenn is the guy who did, he did the uh, engine for Magic Carpet, the engine for Poplars. Uh, he did the engine. For, he did, he's like, he was, he's one of the best programmers I've, I've ever met in my life. Um, so Glenn, Glenn was one of the original founders of Bullfrog. Yeah, is he working as part of another company now? Then, which working on maybe a secret, on a secret project. project? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and when we come back, we will be discussing a little bit about the podcast post podcast with Richard, obviously off the call. Uh, don't go anywhere. You're watching the Populous Podcast. Populous Podcast. Well, I finished me well. I finished me Welsh whiskey. There you go. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hey, honestly, that was a really good podcast episode. I think it was really good, and I actually think Zoom is going to be really cool with him on video. Yeah. The nice yeah, thing about yeah. that is I don't have to fucking edit that shit every time somebody speaks. I can just literally like let it play. It. Yeah. And if there's something that I don't like, I can cut to popular. Yeah, I wonder I'm what not- that is. I wonder what he's gonna cut out there. I'm a, every so what do you, you think speak, about the tree? It's, it's a player. It's a bug feature. I think I'm cutting that out of the podcast. <laughs> I think I'm gonna cut that out. I'll be on the Spotify edition. It's evidence against my my campaign. My campaign is what made me laugh so much is I was expecting him to be like, oh yeah, we would have fixed it, and then he came out with that answer, and I was like, I mean, he's right. Do you really go back and fix a classic, or you know? I don't know if he was getting confused with single and multiplayer though, because I don't know. Well, whatever. I don't know. He said no to you. I wish I could have clarified. Let's get him back. I gotta. I gotta get an answer to this. Yeah. Okay.
It is. I can't I can't even talk about it anymore with, with multiplayer. Like the trees sink, whatever. Executive producer said he wanted to touch it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's come from the, the man at the top. So yeah. he shut down the server. He shut down the yeah. server. I think yeah. that was the biggest uh, revelation of the day. It was. And the <laughs> fact that he kept it on for two, two years longer than the EA said. That's so. Yeah, that, that that blew my mind, especially when he was like, "Yeah, I I flicked the switch for it." Basically, uh, the thing that I think got me the most is realizing that like the reason this community alive is because of the people that loved this game. Like even Alakman, like he's the one that made the matchmaker Inca. Even though like I think Inca's got a lot of issues when it comes to how he runs things and it has control issues when it comes to not letting anybody else have control. I think it actually has helped the stability of populace because I can't imagine if Inca gave like Gabber actual powers and then Gabber had like a episode where he just was like done with this community and it just shut and everything shut down. Him. Yeah. So, I mean, even though Inca is kind of a dictator with power, I, I like the fact that Alan made the matchmaker. The Inca will be loving listening to this part. No, I'm sure he will. I, he honestly, I think Inca understands that, like, you know, I, I respect everything that he's done for this community and while i can criticize him for certain things overall i love the dude and i'm really grateful that we have him as the person at the top because i don't think inca's ever going to shut it down and with richard talking about the things that richard talked about um i now wonder how much it cost inca to keep the server running and the irc and everything you know server costs um i'm guessing it can't be cheap so i i'd be interested to uh, get that information from inca you know i was yeah, I mean, the overhead for a year, how, how much could it have really cost? Because it was peer-to-peer. It's not like this dedicated service they were paying for. So, right, really... right. And it was Java. It was Java. So clearly that was not... So I just know, web hosting and don't really know. Maybe that's how Richard was able to stretch those two years by the fact it wasn't, you know, it, because it was peer-to-peer, they weren't forking out as much. So his case was maybe able to kind of yeah, we can keep it on for two more years if so. You have to remember yeah. back then as well, EA were not the bad guys they had a day. They were quite a popular publisher. Um, they were very well well liked. It's once the what Richard was on about how it's now monetization. All about the money. Yeah. Um, that's where, you know, FIFA and all these sports games are released every year to make billions of revenue. Um Yeah, all they that's have to all do they is care about the now. graphics. Yeah. Someday EA will consider no, I don't think they'd ever remaster populism this what, way, but you can always hope. What fascinated me, though, is kind of getting an understanding of where Bullfrog was with Populous at the beginning before Richard joined. Because, of course, he said he joined, like, nearer to the end. And he said... And they still during, didn't have a... Yeah, they still yeah, didn't have any they for still didn't have a game, and, and the game so much was cut. Yeah, so it... It, I'm just so curious to what the game. Well, he said it wasn't really a game; it was just a bunch of features, yeah, and that probably yeah, explains. Why, yeah, and that I guess explains why there's so many cut content that you know the community has found is because it's them experimenting with their kind of tools, and then realized, oh my god, we need a game Doesn't with an make ending. A game, yeah, like everything yeah. we made back then in E3 '97 with the third common, I think it was called, probably was to the point where. It was all fun to do all this new stuff, but yeah. there was no purpose. It wasn't really a game there. Right. It was just it was just, you know, 
like an editing tool kind of thing for them to come from where they went to where we are now, like understanding that, you know, when the last follower dies, you know, the shaman death, how long it takes for them to come back, uh, you know, all the mechanics of the game, what we should keep, what we shouldn't. They, I think Richard made a lot of development with this game in terms. I think Richard was the Absolutely. catalyst for why the game. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't think if it wasn't for Richard, we may have never got populous. The beginning. Yeah. I know that it's, it's both interesting and sad to to learn that um, a lot of the the staff, the developers, were just relieved to have finished it because they were sort of yeah. had enough of it. Which is yeah, not what you want to hear as a fan of the game, but it makes sense considering the the pre development length. Yeah, I think it just makes you kind of wonder, to be honest. I think a lot of game developments like that, even more so nowadays, the the stresses upon developers is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and the turnaround time, the expectations, it's probably intense. Please select the folder where you'd like your recording to be and, and most likely, another reason why developers never really come back to their games to play. Like, no offense, if, you know, if you're, if you're stuck on Populous for years on end, the last thing you want to do is, oh, you know what, I'm going to go join mm -hmm. some multiplayer. And, right, and we'll play a game. Yeah, so... He's very professional there, just talking about dragging folders during a podcast. What did I talk about? Please insert, please save something to the folder. Uh, you know, you don't forget you're on a podcast still, Keith. You're the host, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm also the editing master, so I'll cut shit out. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, um, Bacon, I want to thank you for all the work you did to get this guy on. Um, no, no, and... honestly, just uh, thank you for kind of, you know, going, yeah, let's, let's put him on. And, and, and Richard as well, he was... Honestly, talking to him and just saying, look, you know, love the game, and then he just he just opened like kind of open arms, embraced, just you know, like myself talking to him, and then when I said, oh, there's community questions, and then there's these two guys that would love to have you on to just talk about populace. He was like, oh hell yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it was just fantastic. There's there's not every day that you get to interview like basically the main driving force for a game you've played your whole life so I, I think i think a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing what richard has to talk about when it comes to the game uh, i do apologize to anyone if we didn't ask enough of the questions that you wanted to hear um obviously we're going to send richard a link to the podcast so if there's any questions that you did not get answered or you wanted to have answered just comment here below on the youtube channel for the beginning and just comment here on the video and let us know what you wanted to have answered and maybe richard will pop on and give you an answer himself personally right here on the youtube comments but uh season three season two episode four is now in the bag populist podcast thanks so much for watching we'll see you next time whether it's four months from now, a year from now, two weeks from now, we don't know. But that's the great part about it. You never know when you're going to get it. It's always good. He didn't mention the GABA either. I guess that rules out uh, the GABA for any future podcasts. <laughs> thought he knew him. I thought he knew Richard, didn't I thought, he? I thought the GABA knew everyone. I thought he knew the whole team. I thought he was influ influential. Guess not. Guess not. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Bacon. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, guys. See you guys on the flippity flop. Fabulous podcast, pop a bam on your feet, yeah. Fabulous podcast, pop a pop, pop, bam on your feet. Fabulous podcast, you didn't know you needed. With your host, Keith52, and co-host, Sub-Zero. The Fabulous podcast.
Fabulous podcast. You didn't know you needed. 